0: Hey, this is Jim Martin with Little Things First, and um, I'm welcoming you to episode two of a four-part series about the coronavirus and the impact that it's had on education across the country. Educational leaders are finding ways to respond now and into the future based on this new normal. So um, hopefully you enjoy this interview with Adam Mielbergel, who is the Principal and Director of Student Services at Brannockburn School District in Illinois. He has talked about whole child education and whole child leadership, especially now, and we hope you enjoy the interview. Please keep in mind that this is an audio and a video interview, and so you can find the video portion on our YouTube channel, which is linked in the show notes also um please remember to subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating it really helps people find the work that we're doing have a great day and enjoy the listening
1: chatting it up and you know. oh, okay not not really I'm just trying to make <laughs> you feel like you were really late
2: we've been on for 10 minutes already <laughs>
1: <laughs> <That's> not.
2: <laughs>
1: it's not true it's not true away, Adam <laughs> we're all good yeah. thank you so much Adam for joining us
2: yeah absolutely
1: we don't it's know how to say on. your last name how do you say it Mealbergel meal burger burgle meal burgle you gotta get
2: the german and the french in there okay (laughs) The german front end the french ending
1: (laughs) i I think i have to do more traveling first (laughs) justification for another trip to both places
2: right right once we all get out of our homes we can start traveling very good exactly
1: well tell us about yourself
2: well, I'm, um, I'm the principal and director of student services in Bannockburn School District 106, which is about 30 miles north of the city of Chicago on Chicago's North Shore. Um, we're a one-building district that serves uh, several different communities, um, including an international university. Um, and prior to that, I spent the majority of my career Um, in special education um, in pretty much every role you could imagine um, within special education Uh, classroom teacher both from the instructional standpoint and resource co-talk classes Um, I worked as a teacher and an administrator in a therapeutic program Um, So a lot of my focus throughout the majority of my teaching career was around uh, students with emotional disabilities
0: Very nice so you've written an article about calm and thoughtful leadership. Yeah. And leadership that is whole child centered, um, especially at this time. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like how have you responded? How have you seen others respond? What's needed? Sure.
2: Yeah, no, I think, um, I think I'll, I'll start with the, I think the coolest part of, of what's going on right now is watching everybody in our, in our world come together. Um, you know, in, in, in a, uh, in a space that can oftentimes be, um, you know, not as open to communication as we'd like. It seems like districts, townships are working together. A number of technology companies have been working to support districts as we kind of roll all of this out. Um, Food service providers, I mean, everyone's just kind of coming together. Um, And so that's a great piece. And that kind of leads into, you know, kind of the philosophy around whole child, that buzzword that gets thrown around a lot, right? But the the reality is, in the simplest form, it's, it's about, it's, it's about more than just academic achievement. It's not just about, you know, we spent this huge chunk of time in education defining kids by reading and math scores, right? Like we did that for, for over a decade. Um, and it was, if you're good at reading and math, you're you're a good student. And if you're not, you're not. Um, and, and we're starting to come out of that space into what, what does a child need? What does a kid need? Um, and focusing more on the asset piece. I mean, again, kind of back to the, the reading and math, we spend so long uh, focusing on deficit areas, right? And we're the only business that does that. In every other business, you focus on what people are good at instead of what they're not good at. So I think really the, the whole child piece comes back to, it's not just about academic achievement. It's about what do kids need and asking lots of questions, the whys. You know, the example I give a lot is like, Instead of that kid is always late, how about why are they always late? Or that kid never does their homework, let's start with why don't they do their homework. And so if we can look at it more through that empathetic lens, we can start to reach more kids. We, we alien, we've alienated so many kids from school for so long because they didn't fit into to, to what we wanted them to fit into. It's got to be more of a collective. We're looking at what are you good at and how can we help you?
1: And how are you finding your community supporting kids during this time when we're spending time at home and trying to do that learning through the same, the screen we got in front of us yeah. right now?
2: You know, we have been incredibly lucky. We, we have an incredible community, we really do. Um, the, the community of, of Bannockburn School District is absolutely phenomenal. Um, our parents have been incredibly receptive um, to what we've rolled out for the e-learning, remote learning um, platform. You know, it's, it's a challenge for parents. So I, I'm, I'm a parent of twin six-year-olds, right? And so to trying to be a parent um, and a teacher or a school administrator, um, it's, it's a very challenging time. So, you know, from our perspective, what our parents have reached out, the, the majority of our parents have reached out either one of two things, to thank us for the work we're doing. Or just to ask us, how do you manage all this? How, how do we do this? How, do we, how are we working parents? And I'm a great person to ask because I was a middle and high school teacher. And now I'm a principal and a kindergarten teacher, right? And so <laughs> I'm, I'm learning on the fly here too. And so I'm, I'm the right guy to ask. And I, you know, the, the feedback we always give our parents, and, and it's the same feedback we, we give our teachers. There's no wrong way of doing this right now. Yeah. Nobody knows how to do this. This is brand new. So take a step back, take a deep breath. We're all doing yeah. the best we can. And so I think parents need to hear that a lot as do teachers. Um, but just to know that we're, we all put so much pressure on ourselves all the time about everything. And this is a time where we have to just take a step back and go, we're all in it together. We're doing the best job we can. So I, our, our community has been absolutely phenomenal. Our township there are three other school districts within our township. All of us are supporting one another. It's been, it's been an incredibly cohesive experience after about a month. Nice. Tell yeah.
1: me about your teachers and what feedback you're getting from them about what challenges they have. And even just that emotional impact of being separated you know, from, from their kids. It's, it's hard.
2: Yeah, you know... Um, That's a great point, and and the kind of the what we keep saying over and over again to to our staff is there's no wrong way of doing this. You're doing a great job. If there's a problem, send it our way, because they this is a massive undertaking for teachers. I don't think people quite comprehend the level of what's going on right now. They they're doing their absolute best to deliver quality instruction when the kids aren't around, right? And and our teachers. and and teachers in general, are amazing about connecting to kids. That's what we do, right? If you're you're in the K-12 space, you're in the kid business. And and our job is to connect to kids. And it's extremely challenging right now after two-thirds of a school year building a classroom community and a school community um, to be separated. Uh, And we see it as a staff, too. We've been doing a daily staff meeting. 1230 every day, just so we can see each other's faces. We, we need that connection um, to each other. And so the, the, the biggest piece right now to supporting teachers is letting them know that there isn't a wrong way. Um, and that whatever we can do to help, we'll do. Because um, I think they're, they're feeling tremendous pressure. And teachers, all of us as teachers, we, what we're all trying to do right now is recreate school from home. And and that's not realistic, but we're gonna keep trying because that's what teachers do, right? And so trying to bring that understanding that we're gonna work through this, we're gonna figure this out, we're gonna figure out the best way to do this and and to not be so hard on yourself. If if you don't get to every single thing you want to get to throughout the day, that's gonna happen, you've got your own kids, you're doing your own remote learning at home, it's just gotta be, we should be supporting our teachers always, but even more so now, they have to yeah. feel that they have to feel that they can make that phone call, send that text message or email, and and you're going to be all over it.
1: Yeah, that's Not a awesome. good point. That's really when awesome. you're thinking about resources that it, uh, communities need as they kind of walk through this journey right now. Uh, what what do you see that um, like what 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 about resources for teachers, but also like your own experience. You're, now you're a kindergarten teacher and, and maybe even those who don't have um, kids at, at home right now. What's happening right now is having an impact across our society, right? And your twins will be taking care of me maybe when I'm in the nursing home mm-hmm. and I need some help and can't get out of my bed, right? So we see that there's this block of time where there's, it's not necessarily a gap because learning is never ending. Right. Right. But I'm thinking about, you know, what are, what are the resources and what kind of support or what kind of challenges are we as a whole community, you know, experiencing and seeing, and what, what are your thoughts on that as far as like helping our, you know, helping us all be calm and thoughtful during this time? Yeah.
2: No, it's, it's a great question. I think, you know, what, one of the keys, I think that this actually this, this is a good question to come full circle back to the whole child piece. Right. So I think one of the things we talk about a lot as a staff is like, let's not look at this as a gap of time where we're, we're not learning. Let's look at this as a gap of time where we're reframing how we learn and what we learn. Right. And so I think, you know, in, in terms of resources, I think the number one resource, and this, this is probably not the typical answer, but the number one resource we can give to teachers right now is flexibility, Mm -hmm. flexibility in how they're providing instruction and the flexibility in what they're providing. I mean, we spent a lot of time this week with our instructional coaches looking at the incredible number of unique projects you could do from your home that fit into a million and one standards, right? And so We've taken such a narrow view of instruction for so long because of what we talked about earlier, the the pressure for academic achievement, reading and math test scores. This is a good opportunity for us to look at how how do we want to do this moving forward, right? right? Because when this does all end, we will all be equipped with a whole new set of tools that we did not have, right, when it all started. And so I think... Really, you know, from the material resources point, we've really focused on, and as a township, we've focused on number one priority are all of our kids getting lunch that need lunch or all of our kids getting the, the tools that they need to learn at home. That's kind of the big one. Um, to make sure, it comes back to, are we all taken care of? This is a time to take care of each other. From the remote learning platform, we're kind of learning every day what we need. Um, and the feedback from our teachers is really cool at those, at those daily meetings. People just kind of throw out like, you know what would be really cool? Or do you know what I tried at home and if I had this, it would work even better? And so this is, this is an opportunity for us to really look at the way we do business and how it's going to cha- change the way we do business going forward. We can't have an extended period of time like this where we're altering the way we provide instruction, the way we connect to kids, and then assume that we're going to walk back into school buildings and everything's going to go right back to the way it was. Yeah. Right? And so I think this is such an amazing time for teachers to have flexibility in how they think, how they provide instruction, and to give feedback to administrators on what do we want this to look like going forward.
0: That's so interesting. So so what will you do well, first of all, I need to like back up because I feel like I missed something. Like maybe you guys had a separate conversation before I got in. Like, why are you teaching kindergarten?
2: Oh, that so that's what. My, so I have twin six year olds.
0: Oh,
2: okay. Right, and so and it's kind of funny too because um, like it. First of all, it's a whole different world. Second of all, like I, I forget. I've always worked with kids who are old enough to to be able to access on their own. Right, like yeah. they can. Um, they can get on the computer, they can navigate to Google Docs, and I'm like, Okay guys, you know, hop on your iPad and, and go to Google Docs and they're the like the blank stares come. They're like, What dad? You know? So I forget that like it's like every step of the way, you know, has to be has to be walked through. And then it's like I'm on a conference call and it's like dad, 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 right? So it's it's yeah. this whole new world. So that's where the kindergarten piece came out.
0: Okay. I yeah. thought like this was like some new model of leadership where you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I took over, I took over the kindergarten class while we're, while well. We're it kind
1: of is, it kind of is, but just a little diversion here. If you can be a good kindergarten teacher, you can teach anything. That is Literally. my belief Literally. because you have to have such a spare, spare, uh, what is the word? S- not spare. Sparse, I guess, would be the word language. like you, you cannot put in anything else in what you're telling them than only what they need, so that simplistic, focused work you're doing right now, it is making you an excellent administrator and teacher, by the way.
2: No question, the focus, the focus in <laughs> <and> the clarity.
1: Kindergarten
0: <laughs> 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 teachers are amazing.) Yeah. <laughs> So how should leaders, I mean, what are you thinking about in anticipation of moving back into a normal school schedule? You said that we can't go back to just doing things as normal. And I agree with that. There's going to have to be some adjustments made, hopefully for the better. Um, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do as a principal?
2: You know, I think um, what we spend a lot of time talking about as a leadership team is um, kind of to your question is, what, what is normal when we get back? right? Like, what is that? And so um, I think we as administrators, no different than teachers and students, don't really know what to anticipate at this time. So I think for us, the the, the focus we want to have, the focus as a district for us is always community and connection, right? And we have to understand moving back into the school building, whenever and whatever that might look like, right? We really have to take a step back and focus on every kid every adult has had a different experience through this and it's really got to be approached through the empathetic lens you have to understand that everybody has had a unique experience and as strong as our community was it's going to involve some rebuilding because it's been so long since we've all really been together physically um you know thinking about my own kids and, and thinking about our primary grade kids A lot of them are just learning how to do school and now we've taken them out of school right so there's a whole bunch of kind of social emotional pieces for both students and adults as well as logistical pieces that we're gonna have to as a collective we're gonna have to be in it together just like we are now and we're gonna have to map out what what that normal looks like to us but I do think it's gotta be a focus on kids and teachers and our families as well with the understanding that every single person comes out of this w- with a unique experience.
1: Nice. How do you see that, um, when, let's just pretend that we're not all working from home for six, eight, 12 weeks, okay? And I'm just thinking about the little things in general across the school and how it has evolved back from where we even were in like the 40s and 50s right Mm -hmm. and i'm curious what your thoughts are about no matter where you are or what environment but i'm thinking more in the traditional school setting what are the little Mm -hmm. things that you believe have helped schools in your area become great
2: um, I think it's a, it's a really good question. I think if we look at all of this, whether we're in the school building or we're at home, um, I think the big pieces that have made us so successful, um, the big one is communication, the transparency of communication to both our, our community members, our teachers and our students, right? We, we have to be transparent in what our goals and objectives are. Um, and we have to be willing to stand behind why we feel that those are best for, for our students and our, and our school community. Um, and, and our families have been incredibly receptive to that. I mean, as you know, like, n- not every parent is going to be happy with every decision that's made in school districts. But if you're clear in your communication and you're transparent in that communication, people are much more open to having the dialogue around it. Um, I think the second piece is, For us as a district, we've really taken that, the the true whole child approach. And I think that that we've seen certainly over the last couple years, we've seen that that has brought more kids into that school success bubble, right? Because kids who have historically kind of been on the outside because they weren't good at what we told them they had to be good at. Um, are starting to come through in a variety of different ways. I, an example that I have is we have a, um, we have a mindfulness space in our building and, and we do a, a mindful minute to start every school day. Um, we have a middle school team that's called the Middle School Mindful Leadership Team. And they're actually responsible for the mindful minute every morning They also break out and do mindfulness lessons in our primary grade classrooms. And these are the little pieces that give, give kids, for example, in this particular example, give middle school kid leadership opportunities that they might not have historically had. And so we really do. I mean, I truly believe that we have an asset based community. We do truly focus on what all kids are good at. Um, And of course, We'll always support in areas where you need additional support, but that's not the primary focus. The primary focus is what are you good at and and how do you better our community? Every single kid in every single school district brings something that makes their community better. Our job as adults is to figure out what it is. It's not their job as kids to tell us what it is.
1: Nice. When you're thinking about the communication piece, yeah, uh, I'm curious, again, I'm looking for sort of these, these things that I could come and share with like my peers as educational leaders. Uh, we know that in, in, in some of the feedback that we've been getting from our community, ah, stop, connect, stop calling, stop texting, stop emailing, stop, right? They're just like, Ooh. Yep. They're being just overwhelmed with communication. So we've tried to streamline a little bit. I'm curious about your efforts in that direction because you're right. You gotta, you have to be able to share. There's a just right balance of sharing yeah. what, what's important and what the why is and what the next steps are going to be, but also trying to find those ways that you can get the message to people. I have I have 30-ish percent of our community that don't have internet access. I think they have it on their phone. Uh, mm-hmm. we maybe don't always have all, all the ways that we want to, to get connected with them. Tell, tell me how you've worked through some of that communication without being kind of a deluge, but also yeah. making sure you're connecting.
2: You know, um, it's, it's, that's a, a, a really great point about the, you know, in the, in the early going of all this, it was, you know, I, I know there's the philosophy on the well over communicate, right. But so I have an amazing superintendent and his philosophy has always been, I've known him for years his philosophy has always been when we have new information, let's ensure that that information is clear and accurate before we put it out to our community. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like a lot of what we've seen in this deluge of communication it on the front end of all of this, a lot of what I saw was something would come from the state and b- before, before the state had even finished their thought, communication was going out from districts to parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And so We've really taken the approach of let's sit back, get all of the information. I'd rather wait 24 hours and give crystal clear communication to our families that only has to go out one time, than send something out and go. Ooh, it sounds like we didn't say it all, or we said too much, yeah. and then you have to re communicate. And I think that's where a lot of that that uh, that abundance of communication came from yeah. was that people were jumping too quickly to communicate and not taking enough time to really sift through what they wanted to communicate. Yeah. So we, the, the success we found is we take the information that we have, we ensure that it's accurate and we also make sure that we trim it down and make it as clear as mm-hmm. possible. Because, mm-hmm. you know, to, to your earlier point, it's like if, if you've got 19 things going on in your house, yeah. you don't have time to read seven emails that come from school between 8am and 10am. Yeah. Right. And so we really try to make it a crystal clear communication. And then at the end of every one of our, our communications is always, if there's something that's unclear, call me always, because, and we do get a handful of phone calls that are like, Hey, I didn't quite understand this. Great. We'll explain it to you. Um, because I think, I think where we ran into some issues in the early going, um, we fortunately I felt handled it really well, but I think sometimes in, in an effort to communicate as quickly as possible, it it led to the need for more communication. So I think kind of a, a streamlined answer to your question is sit on the information until you're 100% clear that it's accurate and then create a communication that's very explicit on exactly what you want your community to know. And that's been the feedback from our community is it's crystal clear um, and it, it's it's not an an overabundance of communication.
1: And to follow up with that, then tell me more. I know in, in my building and in our community, most of the communication that's going back and forth is between the teacher and the and the parents, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and I've tried to stay out of it as much as possible because I do think I, I sometimes just sort of muddy the waters and, yeah. and don't, don't intend to, but just don't yeah. need to get in the way. But I'm also, there's a tiny bit of me that's worried about Am I hearing from families that maybe need support? So I actually set aside somebody to call every family group. So sometimes there's three, four, five kids right in a family. But just to ask some questions like, how's it going? What do you need? What kind of support can we give you? You know, anything else you think we should know? You know, kind of on a one-on-one yeah. phone call? Yeah. I'm curious how you've maybe tried to address that just just so that you in that leadership role can hear or get a pulse, if you will. Cause I think my teachers are all doing pretty well. I'm trying to get in and, you know, participate a little bit, but there, there could be some gaps and, and I'm not sure if I know about it.
2: Right. No, I, I, first of all, I, I love the idea that you're doing that, that you've got kind of a point person that's getting out to each family. We're for, we're a smaller school district. Um, and We also have a very tight knit community around the school. So for me, what's nice is there's no hesitation to call or email me directly at any time. So we're fortunate in that sense, couple of our neighbors right next door to us that are part of our township, they're massive. And so that's a whole other ball game, right? So the way I've been handling it is very similar to the way that you have in the sense that the vast majority of the communication is going out through my teachers, right? Uh-huh. But the one, the one protocol we do have set up that's, that's been helpful for our teachers because A, it's one less thing for them to do and B, it's one more thing, one more way for me to stay connected is we've been, you know, if, if you haven't heard from a student in a day from remote learning, if you're not getting anything, if they've checked in on attendance and we're not getting anything, send me those kids and I'll reach out to the parents to figure out what's going on. Um, this kind of comes back to our earlier conversation about we sh- let's ask why more, right? Yeah. We don't know what's going on in every household right, right now. We don't know if people are sick. Um, you know, some parents could be essential workers that are are out of the house most of the yeah. day. You know? There's a variety of different factors that are playing into everybody's life right now. And so it's more of just we're reaching out more of just the, hey, notice that you haven't haven't checked in with us. Is there something we can do? You know, is there something we can do to help you? Um, And you know, every now and again, you get something like, uh, like one parent was like, "I'm so glad you called. We've been stuck in Florida. Like, we we went down to Florida, and then we're stuck here. So we hope to be back soon, but this is where we are now." Um, And so, you know, and and kids moving around, maybe maybe, um, they're spending some time. Maybe they have parents that live in different states, and now they're with a parent that lives in another state for you know a certain period of time, and. So there's a variety of factors. So we've really been using that as a, if we're not getting what we, what we would consider a pretty regular check-in from our kids, then those names come to me and I reach out to the families directly just to stay connected and figure out what do people need.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice. Yeah. What are you working on next? Like, I mean, are you writing any more articles, leadership articles or Well,
2: right now? Well, we'll see where that goes. Um, you know, I'm doing a little bit of writing right now. Um, um, I was. It was great to do the interview with ASCD. I'm working on my doctorate right now at the University of Illinois, so that takes up plenty of time. Yeah. Um, so I am doing some additional article writing, um, and you know, have looked at the possibility of perhaps writing writing a book when um, when the dust settles. We'll see. Um, but right now, in terms from the from the personal standpoint, with the be, becoming a newly minted uh, uh, kindergarten teacher and uh, <laughs> school administrator combined with the doctorate, um, you know, that takes up the majority of my time, but obviously anytime ASCD reaches out and asks, um, you know, I'm always on board.
0: Nice. That's great. Nice. If you yeah. could go back in a time machine and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give to your younger self?
2: You know, I, I was, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about this one and it, I, I realized it was, it, it's a, piece of advice that I've often given to um, to students especially my older students when I was, was in the high school um, and I think about it a lot um, when you see red flags there's usually a reason um, like go with your gut right and so if if something doesn't seem right sound right it's probably not right um, and so I feel like I've, I've said that to to a million students over the years I'm not sure. I've always heeded my own advice. Um, oftentimes, you know, we, you you try to power through the red flags, but but just trying to 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 help kids understand that like your intuition is very real. Um, and and if it doesn't seem right, start asking a whole bunch of questions.
1: Love that and i think that's true for teachers as well right Just absolutely listen listen to that little voice and it's giving you some direction on how best to support yourself and your students
2: absolutely and right now you know to, to that exact point right now teachers need to do that right like that you you need to everybody's got to stay healthy right now um right. and teachers are you know teachers are working every day still you know they're in front of kids every day and they're lesson planning giving instruction and assessing and and, uh, and this is an extremely challenging time for them. So teachers have to understand that, like, it it's okay to take a step back, take a deep breath and go, we'll get through this. Um, yeah. and pump breaks a little bit.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to us and give us some of your insights and help us really understand more about what you and your community are doing. Love the concepts about that mindfulness. I think that, uh, it, it's just, um, an important element that we talk about but sometimes we struggle with really being able to implement and and to do it well especially when you know our our community has adjusted to different environments right now right we're still a community but we are definitely having to kind of connect in different ways so thank you so much
2: yeah thank you guys so much really appreciate it
1: good luck with everything
2: thank you so much good chat with you
0: guys
1: bye-bye
2: you yeah.